0: You are listening to the Holy Cannoli Podcast. It's all about making sense of life, who we are, and why we're here. Life is sacred and life is strange. And here's our dad, Tony Gappasone.
1: Well, check this out. It's episode number 63 of the Holy Cannoli Podcast. Y'all, I have not... Done my Holy Cannoli podcast for quite some time, Uh, maybe almost two years since the last one was released. I think the last one was released, yep, uh, December 9th, 2020. So that's a long time. Uh, It is now 2022 and it's September. I'm recording this on Labor Day. Why the heck am I recording another episode of the Holy Cannoli podcast? Well, I have been working on my Brave Maker podcast consistently week after week for quite some time. I have like 160-some episodes there. And I recently had somebody DM me about my views on Scripture because uh, somebody posted a reel. It was actually so interesting. It was at one of my Brave Maker events. You can see it on my Instagram page. Find me on the gram at Tony Gapastone. And it's a cool guy named Eugene who's been acting and connecting into the film community in the Bay Area and basically offered himself to come to my film screening, Last Chance Charlene with Cinequest, as well as to one of our Brave Maker events. And he just asked the question, <laughs> what is a progressive pastor? Which was kind of fun. And it took me off guard because I normally don't get to talk that much about that on a red carpet, quote unquote, and he made a little reel and posted it and somebody DM'd me and it was kind of fun to think through that response. By the way, I like the word response as opposed to answer because I do not have all the answers if you've listened to me at all in these podcast episodes or in person with my church or just hopefully if you know me, I have really undergone a... Uh, I I think, a positive evolution where in my faith, in my life, that's why in this very podcast, we talk about life is sacred and life is strange. And we're trying to figure out who the heck we are and why we're here. And it is a journey, right? So this response garnered that question about where I am in scripture. And it got me thinking about how I'm at this place where I'm continuing to try to learn. So I thought, you know what? I think I'm going to... No promises on a weekly thing, but I'm going to reignite the Holy Cannoli podcast so that just for myself, maybe I have some time to process some things. And I thought, what I could do is just really post some of the messages that I am giving on a weekly basis with my church. Those of you who don't know, who I am a pastor that works for a church, with a church on a regular basis, and I do speaking on a regular basis. And those those messages go, get put out on YouTube and on Facebook. They're not really put anywhere on a podcast. So I thought, why not take them and put them out through the Holy Canoli podcast in a way that I can also do some more commentary about faith that might be helpful to others. So in regards to what I've been doing with my my church is is talking about films, right? This is my passion i love filmmaking i love storytelling and so i love that i am a part of a church that is progressive when i say progressive i just mean willing to move forward willing to grapple and explore god together what does it mean what is god who is god how do we understand the divine the transcendent There's so many responses to that question. And yes, we have a Bible. We have these scriptures, these ancient writings passed down to us from many different writers, over 40 different writers created what we know as the Bible. And even there are many extra texts and scriptures that were not included because there was all these groups who voted on and decided what should go in and what should not go in. And it's a complicated book in my opinion. Um, Many people would claim that these books, these writings are directly from God, from the Creator, from the Word of God put into a person's pen, in most cases a man's pen or quill, and written onto scrolls, and now we have them here. I am at a different point Uh, in my theology, meaning my understanding of God. I'm an ordained pastor. I went to seminary and got a master's in theology. That doesn't make me any better or bigger or more important or knowledgeable than anybody else, but... I have found where I am and how I interact with the scriptures known as the Bible is they're a holy book, meaning they are a book that is set apart, that's different, that's other than, you know, Harry Potter (laughs) or the Hunger Games or whatever other books you might be reading. Uh, It is, they are meant to give some sort of voice to culture and to... Um, you know, to history of faith, of the Christian faith, of the life and the story of the the Jewish people uh, through and about Jesus and about what, how and how this story came to be. Uh, I am someone who looks at these now in a way with high regard still. Uh, I don't look at them as inerrant, meaning I don't think that everything written in the book called the Bible is perfect and without fault. I believe they are writings that are meant to be engaged with our faith. They're meant to stir conversation. Some people, I think Rachel Held Evans uh, made a great comment about how the Bible can be used to either start conversations or stop conversations. And I believe the Bible is meant to start those conversations. Rachel Held Evans said something like, so many people use the Bible to stop conversations, meaning they slap a verse or they say, well, the Bible says, and then they fill in the blank with this, 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 that, which basically forbids people from having opinions or ideas or even combating or conflicting uh, theologies about what someone like Paul might have said, aka St. Paul. So. Long response to how I am interacting with the Bible these days. As a pastor, as a theologian, I encourage people to read it. I read it. I study it. I uh, quote it in a way to engage in conversation. And one of the most, I think, appealing ways I have been using the Bible lately is through my church called The Quest, which is located in Marin County, California, Northern California in Nevada, Nevada, uh, Marin County, which is right across the Golden Gate Bridge, about 20 minutes north I live in Redwood City, which is about one hour south. I drive there every Sunday, most Sundays. And we have been having conversations about how films can help us learn more about who we are and why we're here, how movies, stories by storytellers intertwined sometimes with what scripture communicates, with what Bible writers might be saying. And I no longer use things like, well, the Bible says this or the Bible says that. I try to use things a writer in the Bible, or a person named Paul, a friend of, um, not he didn't even know Jesus personally, but a person who lived in the first century wrote this, or Peter, a friend of Jesus, wrote this. And so I try to communicate what I know about the Bible in such a way that allows people to figure things out for themselves. Uh, I don't think there is anything other than, hopefully, a true desire to have people love themselves to love others, to be a people of grace and forgiveness, to also learn how to handle conflict. I think there are writers from scripture who talk to us about how to navigate difficult things where sometimes, you know, we use words like boundaries today, but there's, you know, scriptures that communicate things about caring for people in a way that you don't, uh, forbid them from taking responsibility for their actions. You help people carry their burdens, but everybody has to be responsible for themselves. And I can't even think of that scripture. I believe it's in Corinthians, but I think I'm wrong. It's not coming to my mind right now. But yeah, there are so many places in scripture, you know, Jesus talking about in Matthew uh, 22 that it's it's one of the most valuable things is to love God and love others. And all of those commandments boil down to these things, right? The commandments that we see in Exodus from, from Moses, uh, trying to give direction to culture. You know, there's a lot of things that people will use in scripture about the place of women or around sexuality. And I think those things are meant to be in conversation with what we know about gender and sexuality today. So I am very much, in a space where I am trying to move forward and learn, be humble. And I think one of the best things I can offer the world is my thoughts on scripture intertwined with pop culture, uh, with films, because I think people who are creating music, art, movies are just as prophetic as people like Isaiah or Jeremiah or Zephaniah, who we might elevate as these prophets, you know, in the old Testament who were speaking about how to understand God, I think the artists and poets of today are in that same vein. So I'm gonna share uh, a talk I had given in August of 2022 about the movie St. Vincent starring Melissa McCarthy and Bill Murray, Naomi Watts. Uh, Give it a watch, watch it. It's on Netflix currently. And then see what thoughts and ideas you have. I'm always available on the socials. You can find me at Tony Gappastone. Gappastone is G-A-P-A-S-T-I-O-N-E. And you can learn more about my organization at bravemaker.com. If you have any questions, please reach out to me. Thanks for listening. I always like to say, God loves you. Enjoy. Uh, my name is Tony gapestone and uh, my pronouns are he, him, his. I'm one of the co-pastors here of the Quest. and if you're at home or just listening to this online, uh, my inclusive description is I'm a white guy with brown hair. I'm wearing black glasses and a black uh, t-shirt today. And I'm standing in front of the artwork by the ar- artist Nancy McLennan which is the Golden Gate Bridge. And uh, thank you to Mocha, who puts up their artwork here for us to enjoy. So if you're in the building today, go check it out, go around. It's fun. Uh, sometimes I'll occasionally post a photo of it on our social media and all of a sudden, the, the artist will pop up and say, thank you for posting, and it's really neat because we don't always get to meet them. So uh, if you are so inclined, as Matt encouraged you, to post or check in, you could do the same. I, I love these clouds over here. That sunrise, is a, or sunset, oh my gosh, so beautiful. Mount Tam. Mount Tam, that's it. Yes, Matt. Uh, so again, a welcome. Thank you for being here. I, um, this is our last Sunday, quasi in the... Pop God series. I believe next week we're going to have Scott Morris come and he's going to reference another film. We're still working on that, but we're going to start a new series next month about listening and hearing from God, especially as we have these uh, gatherings of prayer that are going to happen in this building to seek God and, and really listen to God. So we're going to do some combined Sunday morning experiences like that too. But for our last Sunday, uh, we, I chose the film called St. Vincent, which I really loved, uh, which leads us into our question that kind of goes off on this. Do you have a great relationship with someone now that maybe didn't start off so good? Have you ever met somebody and you kind of start off on the wrong foot uh, and you maybe have a clash of opinion or something, kind of one of those typical tropey rom-coms where two people meet each other and they're just you know enemies they're competing they're working together and then at the very end you see them come together because they get over their differences do you ever have you ever had something like that in real life i see a couple nods Uh, if you want anyone want to say something i'd be curious i'll just say uh in some of my work i go to a lot of these uh, film events i was at one last night and just occasionally just occasionally there's egos that are attached to these events to the after parties and you kind of find yourself being one-upped every story you have someone else has 17 more things that they did you're kind of finding like how could i make myself look bigger than this person i've been there so many times and uh, I just have a, a one friend that we started off not so good, <laughs> but now we're really tight, you know. And it was kind of after you get that guard down and be honest and humble, as two human beings, good good things can come of it. And. Uh, and it's funny sometimes the people I really want to get into relationship with who are, seem really great ghost me or, or aren't interested in, in developing a relationship. So I love that that this film kind of reminds me of our first impressions aren't always the real impressions. Anyone else have anything? Yeah, go ahead, Margot. Um, we have
0: had neighbor experiences at various times. Uh huh. And it was a dog-related experience, Uh, Um, and over the last, I don't know, decade or so, the dogs have actually provided us with a bonding moment,
1: and it's gone from being very, very negative to quite pleasant. Awesome. love that. Love that. God is working in the neighborhood, Margo said. If you were online and didn't catch that, dogs' unpleasantness with neighbors that actually bring bonding. That's so great. I have. Uh, Megan online says, one of my dearest friends at first, in capital letters, she said, hated me. He thought I was full of myself and better than everyone. Now he realizes it was their own history that made them read in, that into my presence. It really wasn't from me. Oh, that's a really. Good analogy. Sometimes we don't know what we're bringing into our relationships, how we project onto other people, and/or how other people might project onto us. Yeah. Anybody else? One more person. I want to make space for that. Go ahead, Jane. <laughs> Jane Savage is reflecting on a colleague of hers that came off in a very harsh way at times, just because they share their opinion forcefully, and that could be offensive. But now, I love that you said once you knew her heart. And that takes time, right? I think if I could just tell myself that, that when I'm put off by people in situations quickly, there's so many things going on, and I sometimes hope somebody would know all the things going on in my life so that we could easily, but it takes time. Relationships take time. First one, oh Christine Reyes says, My first impression of David, I didn't like him. (laughs) They're on our staff together, but we just celebrated our 33rd wedding anniversary on Friday. That's cool. Cool story. Thank you, Christine, for posting that. So St. Vincent is very much one of those stories. It really is look at that tagline, by the way, Margo, love thy neighbor. Uh, And if you notice that little halo ring is a cigarette smoke ring. (laughs) It is a really great story from beginning to end. I laughed and I cried. I've seen it so many times. And I was, you know, you find new things, right, when you watch movies. Speaking of Matt and music, I remember when Matt had his album release party, and I was just tapping into my love for films, and I remember saying out loud to Matt and at the group, like, I I envy musicians and singer-songwriters as their art is continually played, right? It's always played. Millions and millions of times, people can put that song on repeat, but when you do a movie, it's like people watch it once, Maybe twice. It's not the same thing. But now when I am in this place in my art, I've tried to begin to watch movies more and more because I'm picking up all these little nuances. And at my fourth watch, sometimes I'll, in preparation, I'll watch the film, and then as I'm going throughout the week, I'll play it on my iPad and just listen to it in the car to see if I can pick up things, pick up dialogue. And this film uh, provided some really good belly laughs this week, and I cried. Uh, A good deep cry and so if you haven't seen it please do we're going to watch the trailer as we can dig in and pull out some nuggets on how we can find the divine in saint vincent today i want to close this account one hundred twelve dollars and fourteen cents all right small bills no you're overdrawn that much what does that mean it means you hit zero here's zero you went below zero
2: okay this is my tree You're wrecked. Stay here. I'm calling the cops.
0: is everything okay? I'm Maggie. I guess I'm your new neighbor. So. Well, we're moving in.
2: This is Oliver. You can lead us all in morning prayer.
0: I think I'm Jewish. Good to know. Sir.
2: Take me, God. Don't play with me.
0: I was wondering if I could use your phone.
2: My house i can watch the kid after school i can do 11 dollars now let's go here's a dime call your mom
0: cost more than a dime
2: all right here cost more than that call collect
0: you like him he's interesting in a gotcha sort of way hey look it's all of
2: you need to defend yourself or you get mowed down get
0: out i'm small if you haven't noticed
2: and so is hitler
0: what's a horrible comparison so how do you and Vincent know each other i'm working for this man i go hard i'm a little dancer
2: a lady of the night do
0: you know what that means
2: She sure, works that night
0: then what kind of a man takes a child to a bar yeah. and to the racetrack
2: who passed in your cheerios is there anything going on that we should be aware of
0: well i don't want to take up all your time
2: we've lost the time I'm gonna show you one thing. Do it right and break the guy's nose.
0: Break his nose?
2: Relax. You're not gonna get it right.
0: Standing in front of you. you don't like people. People don't like him. Except you. Why you like him? <laughs>
2: A saint is a human being. We celebrate for the sacrifices that they make for their commitment to making the world a better place. Why is he mowing your dirt patch? I'm showing him how the world works. You work, you get paid, you drink.
0: Are you drinking alcohol?
2: I honestly don't remember.
1: It's a really lovely... Picture and story, and I wanted to start out by recognizing that it 's a little problematic that I chose this film in a couple ways. It was produced by the Weinstein company, harvey Weinstein, right, who is behind bars uh, for rape uh, for many many allegations of such, and Bill Murray also uh, recently re- released from a film because he was accused of sexual harassment allegedly so Allegedly, right? So, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, wow, the movie tying into these impressions we have of people. And so I want to keep it from a story level, right? Um, I, I recognize there's, a, there's always going to be conversations about this stuff. How do you separate the art from the artist? And even in saying that stuff, even maybe even people seeing that word uh, or the name of an actor or the name of a company by this former producer could be triggering for some people. So I want to acknowledge that. But I want to focus Theodore Melfi, the writer and director, he made something I think that's really powerful and grounded and human, and I would say biblical. The idea that we all are saints, that we all have the power of redemption within us. When we first meet Vincent, uh, he's sitting alone in a bar and by himself, and he's drinking by himself and people are around, he's kind of talking and telling jokes, inappropriate maybe, and, Uh, but he's by himself next thing we see him in his house dirty hoarding lots of dirt even from his own mouth uh, in the dialogue that he says later Uh, a cat in which eats his food you know from his own plate Uh, he's not a very likable guy when his new neighbors move in Uh, not very helpful not very kind uh, not very clean mouthed around a little elementary school student uh, but what happens over the course of the you know, two hour movie is just like all of us, we see we're not always who we appear to be, nor are others who they appear to be when they offend us in their, in their words or actions. There's always a deeper story. And in the trailer you saw, Oliver goes to this Catholic school, and he had, he's commissioned uh, on a project to tell a story of a saint. And they start researching Saint uh, Jude, you know Saint Mother Teresa, all of these well-known saints. And then the priest challenges them to find a everyday normal person in their life that they can connect to this historic saint. A really great idea, I'm sure. There people are still doing it today, and we all might find, you know, through this film, the invitation to find ourselves in that story, but also the people that are around us. I want to show you the. The, the scene, the prayer scene that is alluded to in the trailer as a for one, I think a great nod to who we are as the quest, welcoming of all and recognizing there's more than one way to connect with God, but also the insecurity as this character Oliver comes into this new school, this new neighborhood, and uh, the bullies he has to deal with. So take a look at this prayer scene here from St Vincent..
2: Okay,
0: oh. love, 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 love.
2: It's hard to contain yourselves when you're so, so young and full of sugar juice. But we must concentrate in our studies or we will what? We will die dumb. Yes, we will. And dumbness does not play well in heaven. This is Oliver. Oliver is joining us midstream here at St. Patrick. And we are very happy to have him. Are we not?
0: To
2: St. Oh, who St. Oliver. Oh, such genuine caring. Thank you. I think you feel touched, right? You feel touched by that? Maybe as a thank you, you could lead us all in morning prayer.
0: I think I think I'm Jewish.
2: Okay. Good to know. Oliver thinks he's Jewish.
0: So am I. I'm Buddhist. There is no God. I'm not.
2: Yes, you get the idea. We celebrate all the religions of the world in this room, Oliver. I'm a Catholic, which is the best of all the religions, really, because we have the most rules, and the best clothes. But among us, there's also a Buddhist, agnostic, we have a Baptist, and we have a I don't know, which seems to be the fastest growing religion in the world. And now, we have I think I'm Jewish, which is a new one for the class, Oliver, so thanks for that. But it does not preclude you. From giving us a morning prayer let us bow our heads and pray dear God etc dear dear God thank you amen. Amen. amen 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 thanks be to God all right stirring stuff <laughs>
1: He was put on the spot, might have been a little awkward, and at the same time, I think that pastor or that priest handled things really cool in a way to acknowledge it's OK, whatever you think, and I think we hope to do that here as well too. Wherever you are, uh, I just love that and, and prayer can be as awkward and as simple as thank you" <laughs> with a question mark, you know, And it's enough. Uh, this movie, so many little nuggets like that. When Oliver is brought up, you'll see a, a guy named Robert Osinski, uh, I think go back once, oh, maybe my slides, I've had really weird issues with my slides today, uh, they were not updating, is slide four that, okay, maybe did it. oh, there it is, okay, cool, back to the, uh, yeah, my slides were, I had to do this like three different times, so maybe it's going to be better than the first time. Uh, There was a little kid named Robert Osinski who kind of gave him a little bit of a look, who in the beginning of the film, the first act, is a bully and pushes and taunts Oliver at one point twice, uh, making his nose bleed. And again, first impressions here, right? A first impression of Oliver being the new kid, a small kid, an unwanted kid, and a first impression of Robert Osinski who everybody just calls Osinski in a really negative tone, being the, the harsh, um, grumpy grumpy kid who, who rules the playground. And when Vincent, who's his neighbor, kind of becomes his babysitter reluctantly because Maggie, played by Melissa McCarthy, is working at the hospital as a single mom. She's trying to pay the bills. She's going through a divorce. Uh, Vincent comes in and finds a way to exploit this relationship with Oliver because he needs money. He's got a gambling addiction, a drinking addiction. Uh, he's also got a, a woman of the night, a lady of the night that he needs to pay on the regular played by Naomi Watts, who was just, I mean, I, there are so many moments where, again, humanizing a person, a sex worker, that many people, still myself even, um, stigmatize. and put in places that would be shameful and condemning. It is done in such a way that makes you, that convicts you a little bit. So Vincent, in need of money, becomes this babysitter first at $12 an hour, and then charges Maggie and Melissa McCarthy $15 an hour, but along the way teaches him how to stand up for himself, teaches him how to box, uh, then takes him to a bar uh, and in one scene they go to a track and they win a bunch of money i think i have a slide where they're driving around you know eating ice cream so he becomes this kind of really playful man uh doesn't wear a seatbelt either so this is got not a good guy <laughs> his influence on this little kid oliver but what you can imagine if you haven't seen the film is it brings some life and hope to to oliver in fact he then stands up for himself uh, against robert osinski uh, and he gets detention he breaks osinski's nose and osinski and oliver are in oh well, i got it it's just so good um they 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 have this moment where they they both become human in each other's eyes too and so there's all these little relationships whether it's the bully and oliver or whether it's The single mother and Vincent, or whether it's Vincent and Oliver, all along the way, all of these first impressions are melting away, and they're starting to see each other for who they really are, which they admit is flawed and isn't always good. And wouldn't you know, as the story goes on, Oliver, you know, the the project was find a modern day saint. Somebody who lives into the life of doing unto others and sacrificing. and Vincent wouldn't be the obvious choice, but that's the name of the movie, St. Vincent. And so I want to show you... Well, let me me read this scripture first from Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. This is written by Paul, who many of us call St. Paul. Uh, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved... And be thankful. I'm going to go to slide 11, Susan, and then we're going to play the final scene. But you probably can't see this if you're in the building. Maybe you can see it better if you're online. I just captured a bunch of scriptures written by Paul, letters that were written by Paul to churches, from the church at Philippi to the church at Corinth, the church at Ephesus, Colossae. Every single time, Paul refers in his letters to the church, to the people, right? Remember, church equals people. He refers to them as saints. He says, my beloved servants, my saints, to the churches of the saints, to fellow citizens with the saints. This idea, and I know I'm sure some of you have heard this before, this idea of sainthood has been relegated to just a few or just a select chosen, but really that was our, meant to be our identity in Christ all along. That God chose you and me to be this other, this, this holy person with, not maybe cigarette smoke halos, but in the transcendent divine way that we all have this glowing love, truth, and compassion, and justice, and respect to who we are, just as we go along our day, because God made us. God loves us, and God is within us. You are a saint. And this story, I think, is not just compelling me or you to see other people as saints. That the person, because you know, Matt and I had this relationship with this older guy at our church who was sometimes really difficult and super grumpy in, in, in saying things that were sometimes just hurtful, just like St. Vincent, played by Bill Murray. But I know he was a widow, he lost his wife, he served in Vietnam, he had all these things that he was carrying in his heart of hearts when he would show up and want to set up a light or, or do something with sound, that was him being a saint. And 20 or 30% of the time I could see that. This story isn't just about us seeing that in other people and the hardest people, it's about us seeing it in ourselves. It's about me recognizing I'm flawed. Sometimes I'm quick to judge, I can be really annoying and awkward and weird, and I could be a one-upper at times too. But when I shed off that label and recognize God sees me as a saint, wow, how freeing and wonderful and lovely that could be. So I'm gonna share the last monologue, the, the project finale that Oliver gives to his school when he chooses Vincent and his uh, lady of the night friend has to lie to him, she's also pregnant, didn't mention that, lie to him that her water broke to get him to the gymnasium so that he could see how his impact had affected Oliver, his little next door neighbor protege. Take a watch.
2: All right, next up we have
1: Oliver Bronstein. Oliver Bronstein.
0: Saints are human beings we celebrate for their commitment and dedication to other human beings. Brother Garrity, circa around March. Okay.
2: This isn't the hospital. Oh,
0: so now you're a
2: rocket surgeon? Come on, get inside.
0: For my modern-day saint, I chose a man who shares many of the same qualities as St. William of Rochester. On the surface, one might think my saint is least likely candidate for sainthood. He's not a happy person. He doesn't like people and not many people like him. He's grumpy, angry, out of the world, and I'm sure full of regrets. He drinks too much, smokes, he gambles, curses, lies and cheats, and he spends a lot of time with the Lady of the night. But that's what you see at first glance. If you dig deeper, you'll see a man beyond his flaws. Mr. Vincent McKenna was born in 1946 in Sheepshead Bay, the son of first-generation Irish immigrants. Growing up poor on the streets of Brooklyn, Vincent learned all the things that kids shouldn't need to know, fighting, cursing, and gambling. In 1965, as a member of United States Army 5th Regiment, Vincent was among the 450 soldiers dropped into the La Drang Valley and immediately ambushed by 2,000 enemy troops. There, he heroically saved the lives of two wounded officers pinned down by enemy fire and carried them to safety. He was awarded the Bronze Star for his bravery. I imagine the best way I can tell you who Mr. Vincent McKenna is, is to tell you what he's done for me. When me and my mom first moved here, we knew no one. And Mr. McKenna took me in when he didn't have to and most likely didn't want to. But he did it anyhow, because that's what saints do. We visited his wife, Sandy, of 40 years, who recently passed away. Vince done her laundry every week for the past eight years, long after she no longer recognized him. The saints never give up. He taught me how to fight, how to stand my ground and be brave, how to speak up and be bold, because saints fight for themselves and others so that they might be heard. He taught me how to gamble, horse racing, keno, the over and under, which is a big reason why I'm grounded until I'm 18. <laughs> but in that, I learned how to take risks and go for broke, because in life, the odds can be stacked against you. This is Vin's cat, Felix, who eats gourmet cat food while Vin eats sardines. The saints make sacrifices. Yes, Mr. Vincent McKenna is flawed, seriously flawed, but just like all the other saints we studied. Because after all, saints are human beings, very human beings. Courage, sacrifice, compassion, humanity. These are the markings of a saint and what makes Mr. Vincent McKenna not so far removed from St. William of Rochester. And with that, i like to present my friend and babysitter, Mr. Vincent McKenna, for sainthood, and hereby proclaim him St. Vincent of Sheep's Head Bay.
2: Into Bay.
1: So, maybe you need to see yourself as Vincent. Maybe you need to see yourself as Oliver. Uh, I told you at the beginning of the film, we saw, Kathy and Matt, you can come up. We saw Vincent alone at a bar drinking. The end of the film, it's beautiful. He's at a table in his home. with Maggie, the single mom, with his lady of the night and her baby, with Oliver, and with Robert Osinski, the bully, because Oliver and Robert were now friends. Beautiful reminder of the power of redemption. So with that, I had my communion cup, I lost it typical uh i'm going to invite you to commune and remember you are at the table you are invited at the table too we have been created with a purpose we are the good news we join the work of jesus in the world we are partners with the divine we are saints you are saints So what is it that you can do in love that makes the world better, more happy, hopeful, equitable, safe, healthy and happy? And are there any risks you need to take, maybe that you're avoiding because of fear or failure? Are there people that you long to have relationship with that might require you to sacrifice something in order to connect? And are you willing? And finally, are there any labels that you need to shed that have been put on you that prevent you from taking on your true identity as a saint. So when you're ready, church, take and drink, take and eat. God loves you, God is with you, God sees you, you are saints. Holy cannoli, if you liked my dad's podcast, please subscribe,
0: give it a review, and share it with someone you think would be encouraged by it. Holy podcast is a proud, proud production, production of BraveMaker Media. For more information or to donate, go to bravemaker.com to make your t- donation today.